Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode four of the Getting It Done podcast. Hope you're all doing well. This episode was a really interesting discussion. I sat down with a good friend of mine, Lola Whiting, who runs Lola Whiting Sports Massage Therapy. She has completely changed my life. I kind of described her on the podcast as somebody who fixes people. Um, However, she's quite quick to shoot that down and say that she's really just an enabler and helps people to kind of fix themselves. I first met Lola in her professional capacity when I went and saw her and had some treatment done on my back and she just completely opened my eyes to you know what you can do when you really look after your body. During this podcast we look at some of the myths around uh, kind of fitness and how a lot of content that's being driven at the moment is quite confusing and can put people off trying to kind of look after themselves because no matter where you seem to look with regards to health and fitness you're either doing it wrong or it's not the right type or there's just a lot of controversy around it I love Lola's stance on it doesn't matter what you do so long as you do what feels right for you and you do something then that's you know the first stage to getting out the gate we also talk about you know the kind of myth around how running's bad for your knees, which is you know really interesting one for me, uh, being a long-term runner. Listen out for this because it will it'll it'll open your eyes and, and hopefully it'll get a couple of you with your running shoes on as well. Um, enjoy the episode. There are more episodes coming soon. Um, this will be our fourth now. Um, we have some amazing brands coming on, but for now, enjoy the sit down with Lola. So how are we, Lola? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So you are Lola Whiting of the appropriately named Lola Whiting Sports Massage Therapy. Yes, I wasn't feeling very creative that day. So in short, would you say that you fix people for a living? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Well, you fixed me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I would say um, I help people fix themselves. Mm. I facilitate people being able to help themselves and heal properly. If I said I healed people. All right, Jesus, sit people down. People start calling me Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so how did you get into this whole kind of area of expertise? It was an accident. Cool. <laughs> um, it kind of came, it was very organic. Um, so it kind of came from a situation where my housemate at the time and my boyfriend were doing a degree and it dawned on me quite quickly that sitting around watching back to back American horror story wasn't going to get me very far in life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I thought I would go and learn something, um, and get a, a qualification in something. I didn't know what that something was and I thought, maybe I'll go back and do my maths A-level because I was worried it would stop me doing anything I wanted to do. Um, And in flicking through the prospectus, I found sports massage therapy and I thought, I work in a gym, I like sports. Why not? Why not? Never massaged a person in my life. Um, And so I went and I did it and I happened to be all right at it and um enjoyed it like seeing the results i was getting for people and um just carried on progressing carried on qualifying in different areas and 
then I ended up with a business. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you've kind of done quite a few different courses now and qualifications, haven't you? So I started off with a, a diploma, went on and did the foundation degree. Yeah. And um, ever since kind of starting, I wanted to do dry needling and medical acupuncture. So I went and got qualified in that earlier this year. Okay. That is another something I've ever been interested in having done on me, I must admit. <laughs> I think you, you did it on my partner's mum? Yes, yeah. I did it on, uh, yes. Yeah. Her mum and um, she's raving about it. She's in it. Was just brilliant. She's one of my favourite people, <laughs> and she always talks about your baking. And I've arrived here today, and there are no cakes. No, no cakes, <laughs> no cakes. I haven't baked in ages. I'm, I'm sure that she's just living off of like a six month old cake that I might have given her like six months ago. <laughs> Quick question, and I'll ask this because she hopefully will never listen to this. But does she, when she's lying down, does she carry on talking throughout yes. the whole time? Yes, and I love that. She loves it. I love a good conversation. When you're alone in a room with people all day, yeah, and you don't really have colleagues around you, it's lovely when you get somebody who talks a lot. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with people who don't talk. I don't mind. I'm not, you know, that's no problem. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, face down, chats the whole way through, and I love it. I remember, I think, first coming to you maybe about 18 months ago when you were at the other place you were at mm-hmm. and before moving into your, your kind of um, own setup um, and I was quite skeptical and a little bit scared of coming to have <laughs> not to come and see you but to come and have some treatment because um, I had just not through doing any research but kind of been fed um, what to kind of expect from the kind of treatment that uh, people like yourself and your profession do and was somewhat um, concerned that I might come away feeling worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did for the first couple of hours. Yeah. Because yeah. that's natural, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then after about two liters of water and a good night's sleep, I woke <laughs> up and I was like, "Oh my god, I have like full movement of my neck again." Yeah. Is there? A, do you kind of get that from time to time of people being quite kind of skeptical or a bit concerned? Oh, all the time. Because unfortunately, there's a huge. Um stigma around soft tissue therapy and sports massage that it is gung-ho and the therapists go hell for leather it makes your eyes water you know you come away battered and bruised and I don't know where that's come from because certainly none of the therapists um that I've worked with or I trained with or I've had treatment from or that I meet at conferences treat that way I think it's really retro belief and practice right um and um at, at my previous employer i did interviews for them for sports massage therapists so uh, as a practical massage i'd have a uh, for the practical interview i'd have a massage from them yeah um and unfortunately yeah there are people out there that just shove an elbow as hard as they can into somebody's back and it's horrible yeah um and that does give sports massage massage in general soft tissue therapy a bad name so yes i do come up against it but i hope that i can build trust with people um and change that perspective Hmm. it's sore of course it's a little bit sore but it should always feel necessary and within people's realms of comfort and i've never come across anybody that's turned around and said you know that was unacceptable. <laughs> Tap out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never had anyone, you know, ask me to stop or cry or anything. In the 
so how are things going um you know with your your business now obviously you've moved into your, your kind of own kind of private area um yeah. so are, are you finding that as as you've kind of grown in your you know your expertise and you know has the business kind of grown alongside that yeah definitely so i've kind of gone from working in a room under the stairs in a gym to working at the back of a hair salon to having my own premises which is a, a fit for purpose um studio um with obviously a gym on the side of it and it, it because it's fit for purpose it creates a completely different mm. sensation and experience for people yeah because they're going somewhere and they're not having to walk through i mean there's nothing wrong with hair salons um, yeah but you know it, it sets a completely different tone people are ready to heal well, not like you say get better. very fit for purpose yeah i was actually you mentioned gym there and, and when i last came and saw you i noticed that you had a like, gym kind of set up what, what's that kind of for is that for sort of rehabilitation or just general kind of seeing where people are in their kind of recovery phase so it's actually um i work and share the space with a personal trainer and coach okay cool so we kind of work together in that um it's three-dimensional you've got to look after yourself with soft tissue therapy and making sure that you're strong in particular yeah. areas um so if people are looking to progress in their fitness levels and their particular sport then we can work together to give them a, a whole a more rounded experience on that yeah um myself um i've got fitness instructor qualifications but i focus heavily on the soft tissue work um he does massage as well firm believer in that there's enough business to go around yeah to everybody so there's you know worries about that but we just work together to make sure people can achieve their goals um but with a 360 kind of approach it's, quite, it's actually quite interesting you mentioned that because um on a previous episode we were discussing kind of people in the creative space kind of um supporting each other and working together um i never actually kind of thought about it kind of working in the kind of area that you work in uh, yeah. that seems to be quite a good kind of setup and relationship you've got there yeah it's lovely and i think it's important to have colleagues around you um i've got no problem with if i'm busy or i can't fit somebody into my schedule i give about five of my friends numbers out that i train yeah. with I trust them as therapists and whether that client carries on going to them forever or they come back to me yeah. or I never see them again, I don't mind. It's what's right for the person. And if through me being unavailable one day, they actually find a therapist that works better for them, then go for it. You, you talking about what's right for the purpose person there is uh, quite interesting because I know we've had a bit of a brief conversation about this and certainly in my own journey from you know, uh, fitness and running and also recovery, obviously what's led us, um, you know, from me coming to you, there's a ton of information online, which is like, this is amazing. This will change your life. And there's a ton of information that will say, don't do this because it'll ruin your body. Mm-hmm. But there's, but there's not, you're kind of sat there like, okay, well, what's going to work for me? Yeah. Do you kind of see a lot of that Loads. online and, and other places? I'm sure. Yeah, and sometimes, I don't know, there's a part of me that feels like it's just bad business. Mm. Um, I get so many people walk through the door who are just paralysed because they've seen so much conflicting information, um, whether it's the simplest thing of how to stretch your calf, how to foam roll, or actual rehabilitation exercises. I think there is an ego out there to and a competition to who can be the best therapist with the best knowledge and the yeah. I want to be the right person in all of this 
um, or I want to prove myself right, I don't know what it is, but, and, and it's not necessarily always between therapists, but it's between friends or athletes as well. Mm. Oh, you shouldn't stretch your calf like that. You should do it like this. Um, oh, you shouldn't warm up like that. You know, you'll injure yourself. You have to warm up like this. And oh, don't foam roll that way. You know, you'll injure yourself. You should foam roll this way. Yeah. And actually, all that means for that individual is they go, well, then I'm going to do nothing. And I think doing nothing is the worst thing you could possibly do. As long as someone's stretching, if it doesn't hurt, it's stretch is a stretch, a calf is a calf, you know. Yeah. Um, you can do it the most fancy way you can think of. But if somebody's just a stretching a calf of a curb, well done to them. We should be encouraging them to do it rather than telling people that they're doing it wrong and that they should do it your way. Yeah. Do you think some of that comes from you mentioned a kind of this kind of ego side of things and um, with this kind of growth of the kind of Instagram fitness theme, mm-hmm. do you think that there is sometimes a little bit of conflict between producing kind of information that encourages people as opposed to kind of putting something out there that kind of would attract an audience instead? Yeah, I think sometimes people just want to get the praise, get the likes, yeah, um, rather than researching where they heard that information that they're giving out or where they come mm. up with that information that they're giving out. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is for, for likes and mm. praise, unfortunately. In terms of, you know, people that are seeing a lot of this information, what do you think is the kind of best kind of way to kind of go and look at this information? Is it really, you know, do what feels right for you? Um, is, is that kind of the right kind of message for people that are a bit confused? Yeah, I think it's definitely one of the things to take away. Do what feels right to you. You have we have opinions on everything and we have gut feelings about everything. Yeah. So first of all, if it's something really quite straightforward, for example, <laughs> stretching your calf and you put into Google or YouTube calf stretches or, or foam rolling for calves and you look at something and you think, Oh no, no, mm, no, no. Yeah. Don't do it. And if you look at something and think, Oh yeah, that feels like it, it looks like it would feel really good. Do that. And it, there's nothing wrong with going to get advice. Um, go and find a therapist out there that you think, oh, this person I think would work well for me. Someone you can trust. Someone you think you can trust. If you mm. go to see them and you think they chat a load of rollocks in, <laughs> go back to Uncle Goog, you know? But uh, you, Uncle Goog. That's Goog. an interesting one. <laughs> Uncle Goog. Um, but you should never be afraid of asking somebody for help and going with your gut. Yeah. Good. Cool. So when you look at... Um, where you are now in terms of you know running your own business mm-hmm. so there was a starting point for you yeah. and that starting point obviously came from you know you going and studying this but when you were kind of in the studying phase did you ever think i'm going to do this full time as my sole focus <laughs> no <laughs> running a business i i was always one of those people who never in their wildest dreams thought they would ever be in the position I am and I look back at it now and I think bloody hell bloody hell uh, bloody hell how do I get here um it was so organic yeah. and it all happened so nicely when I was studying I loved it and I performed well because I loved what I was learning about mm-hmm. and after I did my diploma my lecturer at the time said to me you need to go and do this um, foundation degree level you've you've just got to mm. and I looked into it and I did it and I found through what I was learning through that, 
I loved it even more. Yeah. And I was just given opportunities that meant that it could progress without me having to go out on a limb. Mm. So at the time I did my diploma, I was working in a gym. There was a treatment room there. So I used that around my shifts. Yeah. Then when the gym shut down and I got made redundant, I had enough of a client base that I could go and find a part-time job. So then I was just doing massage part-time and a job part-time. And then as the business grew... Um, what was the job you were doing part-time? Um, I was doing um, sort of learning and development for a chiropractic company, a okay. chiropractic company. Um, and that was fantastic and I loved it. Uh, but it was a full-time job and mm. I was doing it part-time and I really needed to give that opportunity to somebody in the business yep. who could give it its full attention and my business needed my full attention. I had to pick one and it was hard because I loved my job with the chiropractic company, but I've just studied for God knows how long I spent all that time on money on studying. I need to give myself a chance. Yeah. And so then I had enough of a client base that I could kind of go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in. So it was just step by step. And now you're kind of at this level, does it ever kind of, I was going to ask if it kind of feels, when you kind of stop and think about it, does it feel kind of scary to kind of be where you are? But then I assume that fear is easily subsided by the, you know, the strong client base you've got as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you, do you do have any kind of thoughts on where, you want to go from here uh, you know are, are you kind of looking at things thinking you know what you're doing right now and the ex, you know the experience and the help you're giving to people um is fantastic um certainly you're know, talking from somebody firsthand um you know that you've, you've treated um is there an ambition to do anything else or try anything else or is there an area of what you're doing that you're kind of thinking oh that could be interesting um i get i guess Every year anyway, you're expected to do a, a minimum amount of CPD. So yeah. I'll always be learning extra skills. Things change, information changes. But at the minute, I'm comfortable where I am and just making yeah. sure I'm swimming strong. As a massage therapist, it is draining mm. um, physically and emotionally having your hands on people all day it is it is draining so i can imagine it's really tiring as well because you're obviously exerting a lot of energy per you know client however many times that might be a day yeah that's that's a that's a workout in itself right yeah definitely always hungry (laughs) (laughs) definitely always hungry um so i know that i probably won't have you know 50 years worth of massage in me but uh, I come from a, a background of doing learning development. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I will naturally go into teaching. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. In terms of so educating those that are wanting to kind of follow the same kind of path? Yeah, absolutely. My this The massage school that I went to uh, regularly have um, TA slots come up. So... Um, the Massage Training Institute, which is the board I'm a member of. Um, board I'm a member of. Can you just scratch that? Because that makes no sense. <laughs> the, mem- <laughs> the membership body. Yeah. Um, the membership body have a lot of support for different avenues within the profession. Okay. So, for example, at the conference this year, there was um, 
support and information around if you wanted to get into teaching. Mm. So it is supported within the community. Yeah. Just thinking about the uh, the the right and wrong information. Um, you're obviously you know heavily into um when I when we last spoke, you were really into your running, and you still kind of running quite a lot. Yeah. So running is my therapy yeah <laughs> running is my thing i love it um in january i started training for my first ultra marathon wow what's is... an ultra marathon for those that don't know well anything over 26.2 miles oh. so, so i could run 27 instead yeah. of an ultra but i'm doing race to the stones in july next year where's that that is in ava avery ava somewhere somewhere. The, somewhere far in the middle of england okay um Mostly I've chosen that one because it's going to be my first ultra and it's big. It's, um, f- I call it fluffy uh, because it's popular. It's, it's one of the bigger races. There'll be support and yeah. um, I won't have to self-navigate because Lord knows I'll never come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the minute I am off running because nice. I've got a stress fracture in my foot. No. Yeah, so uh, middle of week three of six of recovery at the minute. I tore the ligaments in my ankle about four years ago in the middle of training for I think it was a half and the recovery time on that just completely took me out of sync and Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person where if I get knocked out of training it takes me if I'm out for three weeks it takes me about three months to get back into it oh really I'm I'm itching to get back into it but I'm really lucky have an amazing running coach okay who uh is really good at helping me come to my own conclusion with the positives out of any events yeah. that happen. So, um, I've started having swimming coaching. Um, I've been back on the bike doing weight oh, training cool. just to try and keep my fitness and my strength up yeah. so that when I come back, I'm not completely flawed. Um, and that's really helped because I've got a goal. I've got focus. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm still really, gutted every Tuesday when I see people posting on Strava at running club and <laughs> I still oh, I want to go so bad but um my running club great great and um I kind of went along last Thursday anyway and just helped out a little bit just so I could see people's faces it just hopped <laughs> literally I just stood there and shouted at them but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about the the miscu the, the confusing uh communications that people see a little while ago, um, I came across loads of information saying, you know, you shouldn't run, run is bad for your knees, da 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 I mean, is, is there a huge amount of research into that that says, you know, if you run, you're fucked? Because I see a lot of runners, and my dad's been running for 30-odd years. Yeah. And he's fine. This is one of my favourites. Yeah? This is one of my favourite things to chew on, yeah. It's great because... Um, there's actually research, um, you know, published papers um, confirming that that running is not bad for your knees. <laughs> um, not to get too into it, but your knee is a synovial joint, which means it's it's a fluid joint. Yeah. And um, what running actually does is forces your um, knee to get flush with the fluid, so it, it flushes the joint with the fluid, which is really great. You want you want wow. lubricated knees. So the actual action of running is not bad for your knees at all. The problem is form and shoes. Okay. Unfortunately, modern running shoes um, have been 
the target of some very clever marketing, uh, which basically says, get lots of cushioning in your shoes because yeah. running's bad for you. So you want to stop any ground force coming through. You want to have great big chunky heels on your running shoes to stop, um, you know, you getting injured when actually that's the cause. Um, it, the cushioning and the huge heels or drop as it's referred to um, in running shoes means that your body's not able to uptake ground force in the way that it should. So it can't do shock resistance. Okay. Um, and because it's not able to do that, it doesn't get feedback from the ground. That's where problems start happening. So actually running being bad for your knees isn't true. Is this why those kind of, you see those uh, running shoes that just look like gloves for your feet, <laughs> kind of like turtle feet things. Yeah. Is that why they kind of got a bit popular because they're kind of, they're almost that protective layer for, for your skin almost, but as close to natural running yeah. as possible? So I run in barefoot shoes. Okay. I don't have the finger ones. Um, <laughs> but I run in a barefoot shoe and it all got a bit popular when a book was released called Born to Run um, and it talks about a lot about natural running um, and I run in barefoot shoes because I understand the mechanics Yeah. and before I understood the mechanics, before I went to massage school um, with my little backpack and uh, <laughs> my apple for the teacher, um, <laughs> I ran in the biggest pair of, they were like high heels. They were higher than any high heel I wear to the club. Um, <laughs> still going to the club? I wow, still... I haven't been to the club in years. Well, emo night at the police <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> um, you know, and that, I had a runner's knee in both knees. I had plantar fasciitis. I had bad hips. I had, yeah, all the injuries you could possibly, shin splints I was coming up with. And when I made the, the transition to barefoot shoes, all that went away through me not doing much at all apart from transitioning into a new pair of shoes and it took me three to six months to be comfortably running in barefoot shoes it is a process um but funny coming back to um my stress fracture on my foot so many people have oh is it because you run in them shoes yeah, yeah. is it because you run in them shoes and my favorite thing to tell people is no i wasn't actually running those at the time of running um and in the lead up to that i wasn't wearing those shoes at all because I went on holiday and I wanted a nice pair of boots yeah. to strut around in and I was doing you know 30 to 40,000 40, steps a day in shoes that I've my feet aren't used to because I wear yeah. barefoot shoes for everyday life um, and then I went to running club in a pair of shoes that I don't normally wear because I didn't want to stand on any acorns because that really hurts like oh god um, and yeah, just actually coming away from wearing barefoot shoes landed mm. me with a stress fracture. It's funny you should mention the kind of the, the sponginess and the, the drop of the shoe because I've often found there's a pair of shoes I'm running in at the moment and or trainers and it does feel like I'm running on top of the trainer mm -hmm. as opposed to being kind of in and supported by the trainer. I've never really even thought about it really because you, like you say, clever marketing, you just kind of think it's the training you're running in and that's fine. But thinking about it and I do, it does feel like, you know, that, that roll of the ankle could be, you know, enhanced quite easily <laughs> compared to, yeah. to, compared to those kind of barefoot shoes. Yeah. You mentioned the kind of the process of kind of learning how to run in barefoot shoes. How is that different to normal trainers? 
super different. So the reason that um, your average running shoe is bad, or not bad, poor for uh, making sure that you've got good form is because it allows you to heel strike. So your heel goes to the floor first. Yeah. You try and do that barefoot and it fucking hurts. It's <laughs> horrendous because we shouldn't do it. No. Um, and so the reason that uh, the, the more cushioned shoe is bad for you is because it allows you to heel strike. Barefoot or minimal shoes mean that you strike the ground more evenly with midfoot or forefront. Um, and that is completely different to what your body's used to. You know, you, your feet are your foundation, so your ankles have to get used to that. Your, your feet joints have to get used to that. Mm. Um, your knees, your hips, all the way up, your body has to readjust. Different muscles have to work in different ways. Yeah. And you might get injured on the way out, you know, um, but that's conducive to being better mechanically yeah. and better with form. Uh, you have to kind of expect things like that happen. Um, but, you know, your feet cramp when you start wearing them for the first time first time because your feet muscles are waking up mm. they're not used to working because they've got lovely cushioning in yeah. all our shoes that mean they just switch off yeah. um our modern lifestyles mean that we sit down a lot so um our glutes our butts are switched off um and it and they're gonna have to start telling me my ass is switched off your ass is off oh uh, and it and it's got to get it's got to get firing, and that is... <laughs> so trust me, don't tell my fiance that my ass needs to start firing. She will not be happy. Yeah, okay, I take that phrase. <laughs> I take the word back. But you've got to wake your glutes up. You've got to wake your foot, your feet muscles up. And your foot muscles. Your feet muscles? Your foot muscles. Your foot muscles. You've got to wake them up. Yeah. Um, I saw, I saw um, well, this is going to be a couple of years now, I was running around Blaze Castle. And there was a, a girl over overtook the group I was running with, and she was running kind of um, toe to heel, and her car her calves were just insane, <laughs> like like the way she was running, like just in that more kind of you know natural way, whatever you want to call it, seemed to be doing something a whole lot more further than just kind of making her run better you know the, the enhancement of her calf looked insane yeah i mean toe running looks really hard yeah i mean i'm a midfoot striker going up a hill a hill um definitely i'm more four-footed and yeah my calves are pumping by the time i get to the yeah, top of that hill yeah. you know so um yeah i'm sure she has massive calves it was quite unnatural sometimes doesn't it yeah you mentioned you know in, in today's culture where we are you know, we've gone from however many thousands of years ago from running around trying to catch our food or, or whatever, um, or run away from something trying to make us food, to now we're kind of, a lot of us are sat at our desks every day, um, not really doing a lot, having our smartwatches telling us to stand up and walk around for five minutes. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? It is. Um, is there anything that people can be doing, because chances are people are listening to this while sat down. Mm-hmm. some shape or form is there anything that people can do to kind of alleviate a bit of kind of that that day-to-day kind of back neck stress whilst they're at work because i certainly feel it even with the stuff you tell me to do which <laughs> I maybe don't always do but you don't do it <laughs> um so basically you've got to do something that works for you 
and you can't try and change everything in a day. No. So don't sit there and go, right, on Monday at lunchtime, I'm going to spend, you know, 45 minutes going for a walk or I'm going to shut myself in a room and do like a 15 minute Joe Wicks workout or something, because that's never going to happen for longer than about three days yeah. um, or until Friday when everyone goes to the, the food market um, and you can't be bothered to do it. No. The best thing to do is um, make sure there's variation in your day. So if you're somebody that sits at a desk all day, be the person that gets a tea for everybody. Turn yourself into the tea maker. I think that's the best thing to do. Step one, be the office bitch. Be the office bitch. <laughs> Step two, while the kettle's boiling, what are you doing? Checking my phone. Checking your phone, yeah. So you're hanging your neck down. Yeah. Sure, I don't do that anymore now. When I'm on my phone, <laughs> I, I, I actually make a conscious decision of, of doing this. Bring it up And lifting my phone up. Yeah. Rather than being all Quasimodo. Most people hold their phone, especially like teenage boys, stood, stand there with the phone at their hips. Yeah. Tilt the head all the way forward. Like, it, it, unbelievable how they can stand there for such long periods of time and not be in pain. They're probably just ignoring it, to be fair. Um, but whilst you're waiting for the kettle to boil, do a few lunges, do a few stretches. Use the kitchen doorway to do a few pec stretches. You can literally Google doorway pec stretch and it will come up. Is that kind of like that movement? Yeah, so you put both hands up on the door frame and just kind of push forward. Okay. That's really good because that's the opposite to what you've been doing at your desk. Yeah. Or you could do a few squats or a few lunges if you're feeling particularly brave that day. So step one, be the office bitch. Yeah. Step two, do pec stretches. Hang out in the doorway. Push the door so no one else can get in. Because yeah. you are the office bitch. You are the office bitch. <laughs> and step three, hydrate. Because if you're drinking enough water, you need to pee every like 45 minutes, right. hour. So you're getting up to go to the toilet all the time. Yeah. So... Getting up to the water fountain to get the water Good. gets you up. Then you sit down and like 20 minutes later you need to pee because yep. you just drank all the water. That is a really good one. I'm going to implement that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. And it's not much, but it, it adds up. No, I've become appalling with my hydration recently and I used to be like on it, like so good. Like you'd never see me without water. And... I was in the last couple of weeks. I've just become really complacent and just busy and stressed. And I get to the end of the day, and I'm like, I feel crap. And it is because I like, I haven't drank enough water. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, uh, I definitely those three tips. I'm, I'm I am certainly going to take away. Hopefully, anybody listening that is uh, struggling whilst trying to keep their sanity whilst working a desk job, can, yeah, can also implement them as well. And another thing, lots of people amazing amount of people lie down on my table and go oh work have offered me a, um <laughs> a stand-up desk shall i take it yes take it that there's so much money and if your employer is willing to give you one yeah take it because that's the best thing for you um and if they aren't trying to throw a stand-up desk at you ask for a workstation assessment because they have to give you one so we we, we do workstation assessments um the company I work for um, and they're great but I think it does ultimately fall back onto the individual to keep those habits in oh, place right definitely 100% they can give you the tools but it's up to you yeah. to use them I'm a nightmare when I was working in an office part time previously to go in full full hands on people um, 
the girl that sat next to me would always have a massive go at me because I'd sit on the end of my chair and push my ass all the way back and then lean forward onto the desk. So I was like a V-shape. Okay, yeah. I don't know how, but I'd always end up in that position. And then I'd get to the end of the day with a headache and feeling like crap. Yeah. Luckily, the, the company was a chiropractic company, so <laughs> I could have an adjustment at the end of the day and it was all undone. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't sit at a desk perfectly. I don't yeah. sit on the sofa perfectly. Um, you, you have to take some ownership of it as well. Absolutely. I do think as well, taking ownership of your kind of you know, looking after yourself, be it those little things you do, you know, at your desk or day to day or even getting out there and, you know, some fresh air. Yes, that has such a good positive impact on your body. But from personally speaking, it it's almost tenfold on your kind of your focus and your mental well being as well. Mm-hmm. Like when when you feel good in the morning in ter- in terms of your physical fitness or even just those aches and pains that are going or mm-hmm. the processes are going because you're actually taking responsibility of yourself, your headspace seems a lot more in frame as well. Definitely. We've all been in that situation where you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think about is going back to bed that evening. Every day. And like, that's horrible. Nobody wants to live life no. like that. So the simplest thing, like hydration, a movement movement is huge for your body yeah and it doesn't have to be crazy movement no. um and and make sure you just eat something good for you e- even if you're one of those people whose stomach is turned by fruit and vegetables you know and you you, you or you're really busy so you just grab a, a snack wrap from tesco over lunchtime just make sure that you try and get one thing that day that's just for your body yeah there you're going okay body thanks for yeah carry me around all day here's a carrot for you well this is an interesting thing because um i i spend a lot of money on on having nice food yeah not like not a lot of money but in to comparison to people that spend 75 quid on a night out and they're like what you spend like x amount going out for dinner i'm like yeah but i'm not spending it on jaeger bombs like i'm spending it on food <laughs> and i have a lot of i know a lot of people that you know, we'll spend money on uh, gadgets and clothes and whatever, which is great. For me, I like to kind of put money into um, food because I was, I heard this thing a couple of years ago, which was what you eat is essentially, is what you spend, when you spend money on your food, food is the only thing you, you buy that you use to fuel you. Mm-hmm. And then the same person who said that to me a couple of years ago, I went out for dinner with him uh, last week and I mentioned this to him and he said, yeah, he said, because your body, like you know, all your cells kind of replace themselves every seven, eight, nine, ten years, whatever it is, but it's the food you're putting inside you that is fueling that. Ultimately, what you're putting inside you is what is helping you to become Who you. Who you're going to be. You know? Yeah. Um, so when I see people that are like, yeah, you know, he's, you know why are you going to eat at that place? And it's like, because I want to eat good food that, fuels me yeah i don't want to spend x amount on it and then the rest of my money putting alcohol into my body nothing wrong with that love a drink yeah but that's just kind of i kind of see that as my way of giving back to my body Mm -hmm. i think i think we just take our our bodies are amazing Hmm. um and in one way that means that we're not as good to it as we probably should be 
people think I'm mental because I spend all my money on myself. I'm lucky, the biggest dependent I've got is a dog. So I can afford to spend my money on me. Mm. Um, I go to the chiropractor every week. I have a sports massage every two weeks. I see a kinesiologist every month. And What's a kinesiologist? It's really hard to explain. And even if you give it a goog, it still doesn't really explain it. Um, but she essentially asks me how I'm feeling. Okay. If I've had any negative feelings or symptoms, she tests my body against minerals, vitamins. Okay parasites alcohol we caffeine to see what my body needs or if anything is um negatively triggering my body and then she said okay take this supplement this supplement this mineral it's a bit of a service for your body yeah and yeah. it's just a monthly mot and i just go and like it, it just makes sure that if i'm you know deficient in one thing or not quite getting enough of the other or my body's asking for something but i don't understand how to read that mm. she can translate it and tell me what to do and how to take it and that has changed my life. Really? That has changed my life. Wow. The way I feel um, from, if I was sat here two, maybe coming on for three years ago, I had stage three adrenal fatigue syndrome. I couldn't really drive my car probably because I was so dizzy all the time. I was weak. I couldn't do any training. Um, I felt sick all the time. I was waking up feeling like I've been hit by a car or that I'd slept in a washing machine Yeah. to now running marathons and getting ready to train for an ultra marathon is amazing. I'll have to get the uh, name of that person you see. She's There's a couple amazing. of people I know that would benefit from that, I think. Absolutely amazing. Um, and people don't understand that I spend my money on that. I spend my money on junk food and beer too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like Friday... Friday night is for beers and Saturday's for delivery, right? <laughs> it's just moderation though, right? Yeah, I have my fun at the weekend, but I yeah. definitely throughout the rest of the week kind of run a tight ship. Payback, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think, you know, it is all things in moderation, right? Like people are quite happy to smash in a bottle of red wine and they're like, well, it's good for you. And it's like, <laughs> everything's good for you until it's bad for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I know there are studies out there that say, you know, glass of wine and good for you and things, but when you look at studies, you always have to think, okay, what are they trying to sell me? Yeah. That somebody's paid for that research. Who funded this study? Yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody's paid for that research, so you've got to go careful with yeah. those kinds of things. Was it Giovanni the grape finder in France? <laughs> <by any chance? laughs> I think it might have been. <laughs> um, cool. Well, um. Thank you for coming on today. Um, I know that you've uh, got to chip off soon, so I really appreciate you coming in. Um, for those that are listening to um, this wonderful podcast, um, where can people find you, contact you, reach you, follow you? So I am on uh, lwsportsmassage.co.uk. I am on Instagram as lwsportsmassage, and I'm on Facebook um facebook forward slash lwsmt cool um and that is where you'll find me for all the things excellent awesome well thank you very much for coming on thanks for having me i'll speak to you soon bye bye well done would you rather oh i forgot again it's my favorite bit of every podcast <sighs> i'll um i'll throw it in and see if i can uh edit it in so as part of what we do on every podcast episode towards the end, there's a bit of a regular thing around here, although I 
seem to forget every time um, is a bit of a would you rather. Oh, okay. So, um, ask you a would you rather and you can have a couple of seconds to think about it. I've thrown some doozies out there in the past, so hopefully um, this one will be another good one. Oh, my friends always shout at me because I'm bad at making decisions. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Those listening, fast forward another quarter of an hour. Um, so, would you rather uh-huh. spend the next month eating nothing but crisp sandwiches, oh, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm. white bread, plain crisps, butter, okay? Yeah. Only thing you're allowed to drink is full-fat Coke. Oh, no. Or... <laughs> yeah. You've got to spend the next two weeks and the only thing you can eat is a carrot for lunch and a, um, a jacket potato with nothing on it for dinner. Yeah. Which one? The second one. The second one? Yeah. I mean, I love a crisp sandwich, but white bread and Coke, I can't. I can't yeah. do it. Easy decision. It was an easy decision. Yeah. It played to my strengths, really. You feel like crap after that month as well. Oh, God. Yeah, and think of how lean I'd be after my True. carrot and jacket potato. True. And you'd be able to see in the dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up now. So thanks for coming on. Um, for those that want to kind of find you and get in touch, um, follow you on social media, I think, where can they find you? Sure. So I'm at lwsportsmarshals.co.uk, uh, Facebook forward slash LWSMT. And uh, Instagram is LW Sports Massage. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Getting It Done podcast. Um, I really am just going, you know, off piste on this one and seeing what works. I've really enjoyed sitting down with people that I have done so far. And we have a whole host of guests in the works. So please subscribe, give us a rating if you can. Um, it really you know, help us to kind of reach you know, as many people as possible. My aim with this podcast is to create content that helps inspire and motivate and educate people. So if there's somebody that you think they need to be on that podcast, then let me know. Um, the, de- the contact details are in the description. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.